0: Welcome to Answers That Count. If you own a business, you can count on us to give you the answers you need to succeed in all aspects of your business. And now, here's your host, Charles Musgrove.
1: Welcome back. I am Charles Musgrove, your host of Answers That Count, and we are back for another exciting episode. We've got one of our favorite guests back on the show today for talk number two about common sense economics. So, um... this is going to be another great, great show where we talk economics and we're we're joined today by Professor Joe Calhoun from Florida State University. Joe, welcome back to the show and uh, thank you so much for what we did last week on the previous show on economics. Uh, incentives matter, that was the first one, so all of you out there that did not see the first one, go check that show out. It is very good. It's uh, part of the book that we're we've got this series on common sense common sense economics. So Joe, welcome back to the show.
0: Well it's great to be here. Thanks for having me again.
1: It's uh man, it's my pleasure. And let's uh to at the risk of being repetitive, let's kind of tee up this book and the importance of the book. You are one of the co authors on this book and this is the third edition of Common Sense Economics.
0: Yeah, so Big shout out to the two authors who started this whole thing. Jim Gortney, who's been a longtime professor at Florida State, and Rick Stroop. Uh, they put together the first edition, and it's uh, evolved into something bigger, and we've been able to expand the curriculum and get it into more uh, schools, and we built a couple of courses around it, and then later on, Dwight Lee and Tony Ferrini were brought on board through the second and third editions, uh, so it's just been a great team effort all the way around. So the book is three parts economics and one part personal finance. What Everybody Should Know About Wealth and Prosperity is the subtitle to the third edition.
1: That is it. What Everyone Should Know About Wealth and Prosperity. So I would recommend those that do not have this book to go out and get it. Get it from your favorite bookstore, Amazon, whatever that may be. It's out there and it's available. And we are, you know, we started last week, Joe, where this is actually in... Part one, and it's got the 12 key elements of economics. So we went through last week: incentives matter, changes in benefits and costs will influence choices in a predictable manner. So that was a great show. We even looped in uh, one of your favorite uh, professors or economists, and that's Arthur Laffer. So we talked a little bit about the Laffer curve and 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 kind of the the relationship or the interplay of, of incentives matter with with his laffer curve so there's a lot of a lot of uh, similarities there in in those two
0: yeah so a quick recap for those of you who might have missed it last week the really the relationship arthur laffer investigated was the relationship between work and tax rates and then how that relates to tax revenues going into the federal government and not surprisingly because we know people respond to incentives in predictable ways when the tax rates go up work effort goes down, tax revenue into the federal government goes down at certain points, not at all ranges. It depends on where you start from, but relatively high rates and then go higher, we find that revenue goes down to the federal government because people either don't want to work as much or um, just have a negative reaction to those higher rates.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that's... uh that's a very good discussion that we had, so go back and check that out if uh, you want to look at the relationship of Incentives Matter with, a, with the Laffer curve. And, heck, Art La- Art Lather, he's been around longer than you have, Joe.
0: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yep. He's done a lot of great work over the years. A
1: lot of great work, and uh, his involvement in some of the uh, presidential administrations over in history have been uh, very yes. well documented. So a uh, great resource there. So today, you know, it is uh, – I don't want to skip this part of the show, but we like to say the day and the time we're doing this recording, and it is August the 7th, and it is around 1230 Eastern Standard Time, so, you know, there's a lot that's happened that happens quickly with this coronavirus, and, and uh, we're in the midst of it right now. <coughs> Excuse me. That is uh, not COVID that I'm coughing from, so uh, <laughs> no worries with that. So, you know, we're right now when I saw on the news this morning they're talking about a uh, I don't know if we're at number 2 or for number 3 of the of the stimulus package or more PPP, another check going out to taxpayers. So, you know, Congress and the Senate and the President, they've been they've been going back and forth on this for the past 2 to 3 weeks. So, you know, there's been rumors of it for probably longer than that and people have had this August 10th uh, Point in mind because they know that's when the the Senate and the House go on on their fall break. So they knew that if they yeah. didn't get something by today, then then the likelihood of something happening is probably going to be remote. So now we're looking at the possibility of some kind of executive order to uh, to get this done. So who knows what's going to happen? But mark today it is that we're doing this this uh, this podcast is August the 7th, and it's 1230. So who knows what's going to happen after that. So so if something happens that contradicts what we talk about, don't hold that against us because we have been drinking out of the fire hydrant for 2020 since March. Yeah things
0: (laughs) change so quickly boy it's hard to plan what you're going to do three hours from now let alone what you're going to do three weeks from now so life is moving faster than normal these days.
1: Absolutely so today uh, this is one of our favorite meal times we're going to talk about so number two there is no such thing as a free lunch so we've heard that before that's something that we've grown up with and today we're going to relate that to Economics—that's the the second of the twelve key elements of economics—and I think you've, you know, the first one is—is is, uh, I think you referred to that as kind of the the base or the 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 yeah, starting the
0: basic, point. Yeah, the basic postulate, the cornerstone, so to speak. We got a couple of different names for it, but incentives matter. That's clearly number one. If you had to rank order them, now just a quick reminder to the to the audience: these twelve key elements are not necessarily ranked in any particular order. So it's not like necessarily number one is more important than number two. This is just a list. We, we could have inverted this and still had the same impact. So it just happens to be number two on our list. And yes, this is the ultimate F word in the realm of economics. When somebody says free, every economist will have a little chill run up their spine because What is really, really important from an economist is this idea of opportunity cost. And when you realize that literally everything has a cost, opportunity cost means you could have done something else with it. So the classic example is an hour of your time. You have lots and lots of things that you can do with one hour of your time. So if you choose option A, then you give up option B. So everything has a cost and therefore we cannot say that anything is free. Now what many people mean by free is I don't have to pull money out of my pocket. So yes, if you're a child and you go to dinner with mom and dad, you're going to get a free dinner. Yeah, that's that's free and kind of the everyday use of the word, but to an economist that has a very different meaning. Really, to an economist, uh, what he or she would say is there's no money cost. In other words, yes, you you got that without having to pay money, but – There is always something else that could have been done. Let's go back to the, the, literally what we're talking about is in terms of a free lunch. Yes, Charles, I can take you out to your favorite restaurant and I could pay for your meal. And you would say, yeah, I got a free lunch today. And as an economist, I could say, well, I could have done a lot of other things. I could have taken somebody else out to lunch. That food could have been used for somebody else. It could have been used in an alternative way. Uh, All the costs involved in making that food could have been directed somewhere else. There's always something else that could have been done. And that's why an economist will say there is no such thing as a free lunch because there's always, always a cost involved. And that's what the meaning of element two is for.
1: So if nothing else, if there's not a a monetary cost, there's a there's other costs or you spent time doing it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: another classic example is there's a pine a tree in your backyard and by itself that's going to create value there, there's going to be shade involved there's going to be lots of other benefits and if i cut that tree down i've got lots of different things i can do with it i could make two by fours and i could go build a house i could turn it into plywood i could turn it into furniture i could turn it into toothpicks i mean there's lots of different things i could do with that so when i choose one of those things that means I gave up something else that I could have done with that resource. So whether it's a physical resource, whether it's your time, whether it's your talent, think about the job that you have right now. By doing a very good job at your work environment, that means there's a cost because you could have done something else. You could have gone to work somewhere else and been productive in another capacity. So there's always, always something else that can be done because, and this is the, the really what drives this whole thing, because of scarcity. There is not enough to go around. There's not as much as man wants and nature provides. There's a disconnect there. So because there's scarcity, we have to make choices. When we make choices, we have to give something up, and that's the idea of an opportunity cost.
1: Right, and there's some exclusivity to it also. So the you only have for instance that tree there's only one of those trees that you're dealing with so you can't make both a a toothpick and a house or a board out of the same part of that tree
0: exactly same
1: same exactly. as with time there's you, you only have 1 minute you can't do multiple you can't use that 1 minute for different things
0: yeah now sometimes we can multitask a little bit i mean i can listen to some music and I can have a conversation with my daughter. So there are certain elements of multitasking with time, but for the most part, I, I can do one thing at a time. The human brain is designed to do one task at a time. Now we can multitask in the sense that there can be different stimuli going on, but in terms of getting a job done, I can only do one at a time. I mean, I can't be an economist and an accountant and a professional athlete all in the same hour. That, right. that just doesn't make any sense. I've got to give up one of those.
1: That's right. So that's the where the choice comes in, and the there's the opportunity cost. You do one, and the cost is you couldn't do other, other things, or you made that piece of lumber, you couldn't make the lumber and the toothpick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this in the context of uh, government programs, because we hear politicians say things uh, about being free all the time. And if you listen to today's political climate and and, uh, talking points, uh, you know, certain politicians are advocating free items, free health care, free education, free, you know, the list just goes on and on. And again, if you remember this idea of an opportunity cost, that means that if the federal says spends a dollar to give a child a quote free education that means that dollar had an alternative use we could have given that education to another child or we could have used that dollar for something else we could have built a bridge or a road or another building we could have uh, instead of using it for education we could have used it on a different government program once again it every dollar has an alternative use so you can't give anything for free when you're the government because that means that you've wiped away opportunity costs and it's impossible to wipe away opportunity costs it's always there
1: so let's go to uh somewhat of an advanced thought and that is the the relationship of incentives matter and there's no free lunch I mean, those. There's a correlation. There's a. There's. There's a. One works with the other, right?
0: Sure. Sure. Uh, it, yeah. So a lot of these twelve elements do kind of bleed together and overlap at certain points, and, and this is wh- why economics is sometimes referred to as the science of choice. So we collect data on people's decisions, and we try to understand those decisions based on the data that's generated. And a lot of times, these two things do overlap uh so here's a classic example of, of overlapping the two let's suppose that uh you have two choices of going out to lunch you can go out to lunch with for with me and you know that i'm going to pay my daughters are famous for this when they know uh they're going out to lunch with dad they're not going to have to pull money out of their pocket So that's a very strong incentive, knowing that there's going to be no money cost. But for me, I'm looking at it a little bit differently because I know, hey, if I spend money on them, for buying lunch that means I can't buy them something else later right so maybe their Christmas present just got a little bit smaller because I just bought them lunch or maybe uh, their education savings account just went down by five dollars because I bought them lunch instead of because I can't do everything as much as I want to I can't do everything that five dollars or ten dollars that I spend on lunch has to come from somewhere else I can't do everything I can't Provide them the lunch and all the other things that I would have done with those five dollars.
1: Exactly. So there's, uh, I know we haven't m- used this word, but there is a there's a rationing basically of your resources. So yes, and
0: and this is where scarcity again rears its ugly head because there's not enough to go around. Everybody would like two more hours in the day. You know, when I woke up this morning and and the alarm went off, I thought, oh great, you know how much how much nicer would my day get started if i had another hour of sleep well i've only got 24 hours to deal with so yes while we'd like to have more of these things we can't scarcity imposes certain constraints upon us and because of those constraints we have to make choices we choose a we give up b and b is my opportunity cost
1: absolutely so that is <clears throat> those are those are good basics of of economics so the first two so the scarcity of resources uh opportunity cost that there's some exclusivity uh in the in the use of the resources that that we're talking about whether it's time whether it's the the pine tree that we cut down and we're going to make pieces of lumber or we're going to make toothpicks out of that so you can't you can't do both and and i know there's there's some Nuances in that that, like you had mentioned, you can multitask if you will. So you do get kind of a, a double use of the same time, but but even that is limited. So um, oh yeah,
0: that, that's very limited.
1: What other you, you know we like to to relate this back to the to the economic situation that we're in right now, the political situation. So uh, everything is so politicized these days, and. Last last week we brought in the, the laffer curve and the effects of incentives matter on the on the tax rates. So, you know, the more you work if you work more and you're taxed more, if you're if the incremental revenue that you earned is taxed at a greater percentage, then your incentive is I'm not really incentivized to work more because that extra dollar is now gonna be taxed at forty percent rather than the first dollar was at fifteen or twenty percent. So As you work more and the tax is higher on those incremental dollars that you make, then you're less incentivized to to make more money. So um, what are we looking at today in additional political ramifications of this second key element in that there's no free lunch? You know, we're looking at, uh, as we started the show, we're talking about sending out another $1,200 dollar. Uh, stimulus check or whatever the the term is for these for the checks that have gone out to the individual so uh, people may think that well that that's just free money the government's just sending that out but but there back to your number two element there there are no free lunches so where how does how do we end up paying for that
0: yeah so the first thing to recognize is uh, most of that money being created right now is not printing of new money, which the government has the authority to do. But we've had some really bad bouts of inflation in this country. Uh, and it, thankfully, it hasn't happened for a while because we really learned our lesson in the late 1970s and realized what a terrible uh, drag on the economy inflation is. So when the Fed finally got the money supply under control, Uh, Essentially since the mid-1980s, the United States has seen very low and steady rates of inflation. But if the government were to just ramp ramp up the printing presses and print a bunch of money, then uh, potentially inflation would come back. Most of the money that we're talking about coming from the federal government today is going to be borrowed money and again many people think well you know the government's just giving out free money let me collect my check and let me run down to the store and that's that's not really the proper way of thinking about it because when that money is borrowed it's going to have to be paid back and it's going to have to be paid back with interest now thankfully interest rates are very low right now so the interest payment is going to be low so let's just role play a scenario that more people are, are familiar with if you were to take out a hundred thousand dollar mortgage and it was a fifteen percent interest rate that would be very expensive the fifteen percent on top of the hundred thousand is a right. lot of money you have to pay back just an interest right and if the interest rate is two or three percent that means it's easier for you to pay that back because the amount is smaller so the federal government has to go through the same kind of thing it has to go borrow this money and thankfully interest rates are low so the interest payment back to the people who are given the money to the federal government today is, is relatively low that's the good news the bad news is the principal plus the interest does have to be paid back so this is not free money it's free today in the sense that the government issued an iou and said hey Don't worry about it. We'll pay you back 10, 20, or 30 years from now. So it's going to feel free until that bond comes due, so what we call the maturity date. So let's just take a simple scenario. Government borrows $100 today at a 2% interest rate, and it's a 10-year bond, which means in 10 years that money is due back to whoever gave the government $100 today. So for the first 10 years, it kind of feels like it's free because we get to use it, we get to see all the benefits, and the bill doesn't come due. Well, in 10 years, that bill comes due, and the federal government says, okay, I already spent the $100, now I need to pay back the $100 plus the interest rate, and then the government's going to look around and say, okay, I need to collect some more taxes to pay this $100 IOU. So the people ten years from now are gonna to have to pay more in taxes. So this this is where the time dimension really kind of throws things off. Right. Because most of the time as you as a consumer, you have to pay for things right away. You know, you go to the store, you swipe your debit card, or you pay cash. There's this immediate exchange between when you get the benefit, when you get to consume the good, and when you have to pay for it. Now, if you put in a credit card, okay, you stretch that out for 30 days or maybe longer if you don't pay your minimum payment, but for most consumers, that's an immediate connection between when the benefits accrue and when the costs accrue to them. Right. With the federal government, they can issue a 30-year bond, so they get the benefits today, but the costs don't come due for 30 years, and then it really makes it hard to make these decisions. Because for 30 years, it seemed free. And all of a sudden, you get this bill 30 years later. It's like, oh my gosh, where did this come from? i got to pay this big amount back. And it's like, oh yeah, that's because of of all those bonds we issued back in 2020 for all this stimulus.
1: It really makes the uh, kicking the can down the road a lot easier too.
0: Yeah, oh absolutely. And this is why we see so much government debt. Because again, going back to element one, people respond to incentives. If you're a politician... This is a very strong incentive that you're going to respond to. You're going to want to give people immediate benefits, and you're going to push those costs as far out into the future as you can.
1: Right. Very good So the
0: political incentives are for debt financing. Right. Because the alternative is not very appealing at all. The alternative is I give $100 of benefits today, but I also have to raise taxes by $100. Well, what politician wants to do that? It's not in their... Uh, in self-interest, in terms of their political career, it might make good for good economics and good financing, but it's terrible politics. Yeah, I mean, really when was is. the last time you heard a politician say, "Hey, vote for me. I'm going to raise your taxes right away"?
1: Well, there's uh, some it, saying that now, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's interesting that that we see that on the federal on the federal level, especially that the uh, we're just not in balance there, and we just keep pushing that that payment process further down the road. But, and a lot of that is back to the incentives. The incentives for the politicians is not to deal with that now because it brings a lot of pain, both in just economic pain that, that uh, the taxpayers have to pay more uh, today. And they're basically paying for the, the errors of the past. And nobody likes to do that. So yeah, a and big and problem.
0: Right now, only the federal government can do this. Almost every state has a balanced budget amendment in their state constitution. So here in Florida, uh, we have to have a balanced budget at the end of the con- uh, legislative session. Uh, you know, we all follow the news, and one of the most uh, contentious issues is balancing the budget because right. we don't have the ability to go into debt like the federal government does. And, and um, I know of no exceptions at the local level as well. Counties can't do this. Uh, individual cities can't do this. Now, this doesn't mean that those uh, states and counties and cities can't borrow Uh, So don't misinterpret my words there. They can issue bonds to pay for certain things. uh, But just in their fiscal house, they can't go into debt in the same way that the federal government can.
1: Interesting. Now, you do read, I I know Florida is one of the states that they do, they're very, uh, I guess, balanced budget oriented. And they, they don't spend more than they bring in on an annual basis. So that's a big deal for them. And that, that allows them states like Florida to be able to uh, they have a rainy day fund set aside, so that that was really mm-hmm. put Florida in a good position to deal with the the economic effect of this COVID virus and the shutdown in uh, in 2020. So I know that that we're probably at a at a shortfall now, but when the budget was passed, that was on a balanced budget, and we did have a rainy day fund that we were able to utilize uh, during the shutdown. Yeah.
0: but not but every state is that- like that. Not ev- most states, but not every state. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head which ones uh, are allowed to uh, carry a debt into a future year. But almost every state has a balanced budget amendment, or it's part of their legislative process, and that's why the budget projections are so important. Because uh, you know you have to think about. Uh, at the end of the legislative session, what do we anticipate our revenues to be? And then you set your spending according to that. So now during our current pandemic, we're starting to see the effects of, you know, the budget was passed way back in, in April. And of course, things have unfolded much differently than what a lot of those projections. So now a lot of state agencies are having to go through Uh, some budget cuts or at least anticipate budget cuts because all you have to do is look out your window to realize that state revenues are going to go way down and uh, most agencies are bracing for either a a really bad budget year next year or perhaps you know something uh, middle of the year the legislature might have to come back together uh, because the projections were just so much different than reality given the pandemic.
1: Absolutely it's we're going to see that in you know, the macro that, yes, the United States, they're going to have a readjustment in in the economic structure. And down to the micro, you're going to see uh, university systems. You're going to see the educational system. Mm-hmm. You're going to see uh, the municipality budgets. You're going to see them affected dramatically all the way down to business budgets are going to change, down to individual oh, sure. people's budgets are going to change. So uh, a lot that's going to happen In 2020 and beyond as a result of the the COVID uh, economic crisis that we've gone through in 2020. So I think we're on the, uh, you know, the the unemployment numbers have been bad, but I think we're on the front end of seeing what the the fallout of the lockdown is going to be
0: yeah that that data is starting to come in we're you know every week and every month that passes we're getting a clearer and clearer economic picture of the the full effects and in some sectors it's worse than anticipated in others it's not quite as bad as anticipated Uh, but from a macro level, things do seem to be improving a little bit. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read the details before I jumped on the call, but I did see that, um, uh, the unemployment claims did come down just a little bit. Um, so there's a little bit of good news out there. It's not great news. I don't want to oversell, uh, the good news. Um, uh, but you know, we do seem to at least starting to stabilize a little bit i don't know if we're necessarily on the upswing yet uh, but at, at least it, it, we're not continuing a fall downward yep i so think that I think that is plateaued a little bit
1: that is the good news and that's what i'm seeing as well so we have gone through key item number one and key item number two today there is no such thing as a free lunch and as as joe pointed out which I wasn't aware of this, Joe, that these are not in priority order. They're 1 through 12 are just in the order that uh, the authors decided to put them in. So very Mm -hmm. good to know. And thank you so much, Joe, for joining us today on Answers That Count. This has been another good episode where we've really gone over some basics of economics, whether you apply that in your business, in the government organization, if you look at it on a federal and state basis, or in your own checkbook. You know, this is, uh, you related it to uh, real life, taking your daughter out to, to lunch that you only get to use that dollar one time. You can't do it, use it twice. And there's a, you end up prioritizing how you spend the money and there's exclusivity in how you spend money or how you spend those resources as well. So uh, very good information. Joe, give him a wave. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joe.
0: And, Glad uh, to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Awesome. So stay with us. Check us out on podcasts. We're on all, the, all your favorite podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. Like us there. Subscribe to the channel and leave us some comments. We're on answersthatcount.com. So you can uh, go to the website and you can stay up to up on the, the podcasts that we post. We put articles out there. So we'll have information. Uh, I've got an article out there that's going out real soon on the key elements. So we're going to go through each one of these key elements and have an article on that. Uh, Check out our previous shows. You'll like it. You'll enjoy it. AnswersThatCount.com. I'm Charles Musgrave, your host. Have a great day. Have a blessed week. Peace.
0: Answers That Count is brought to you by The Bean Team. For all your business accounting needs, visit BeanTeam.com for more info. You can listen to more episodes of Answers That Count on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Or visit AnswersThatCount.com.